everyone, it's Michael, and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. I'm excited today because our new host, Kelvin, is in the building, and I'd like you to find out a little bit more about him from the man himself. Yeah, so my name is Kelvin Del Valle, uh, senior at Southwestern Adventist University, communication major, hoping to go into radio, which is uh, the dream, sports radio, Christian radio, one of those two will do. Uh, but that's kind of the dream there for me. And joining us today, our very special guest is Miss Abby Minette. I am a sophomore theology major at Southwestern Adventist University, and um, I am hoping to become a pastor. And I'm minoring in uh, biblical languages and psychology. So I'm hoping to be a pastor with maybe an emphasis in pastoral counseling. And today on the podcast, we talked about the message, I didn't sign up for this. It's coming from 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. And it's all about this lady who gets a son and then has him taken away from her and has a radical faith in a God who will provide. Coming up on this episode, we talked about a lot of things that were impactful for us. Kelvin, what are you most excited about? I'm excited about the fact that we talked about how God kind of works inside of our own schedules that we make up and he'll he'll kind of move people, he'll move places and decisions to to work out his will for our lives. I think that's amazing, so. And for me, I really enjoyed touching on what we do while we're waiting. In the midst of that waiting, wondering what God's going to do, how do we navigate that? So without further ado, let's jump in. I actually wanted to start the conversation by asking you a question first, Michael. Um, Because I think, and maybe you have covered this in the past, and uh, like maybe the first episode of this series, but I kind of wanted to give the listeners your take on on why the series. Okay. Um, what was in your mind when you said, "Okay, we're going radical faith," and I'm going with Elisha. Yeah. What was your kind of mission with that? That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Um, this series has actually been in the works since. Uh, we're doing it in September, October of 2021, and it actually was a seed in my mind back in April or May of okay. this past year, uh, kind of really wanting to dive into the topic of stewardship, which that may sound kind of weird and radical faith and, and that type of thing, but I have really kind of a burden for sharing a different perspective on what it means to give mm. and what it means to steward the resources God has given us. Uh, and Elisha is known for asking for that double blessing we talked about in the first episode. Uh, and then that being shared and extrapolated out in crazy, amazing ways. Uh, and I love the concept of abundance from scripture, that we don't live from scarcity. God provides in abundance. And I think making that recognition kind of help uh, helps show us the, the wealth of resources that we live from. Because mm. there's a difference, you know, when... Uh, um, back in the, the heat of the pandemic when everybody was panic buying toilet paper, <laughs> there was a scarcity of toilet paper, right? And it made you want to go, ah. Uh, but if we recognize that we have an abundance of resources from God, that his love and grace and mercy is at our fingertips, it changes the way that we navigate life. Mm. Uh, we are more blessed to give than to receive. It's no longer a burden to give our tithes and offerings to the church because we know that God's the one that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Mm -hmm. And as we bring our little bit, like the 
the, the widow's oil that we talked about in last episode. If we bring our little bit to God, he's able to just explode that in blessing. Uh, it doesn't care how much we have. It's what we do with what we have. Uh, and so that kind of is the essence of what the, what I was wanting to bring across. And in looking through scripture, I really, in sermon series, I don't like doing topical series because mm. I feel like you bring a, a perspective to the text of like, okay, I'm going to do a series on stewardship. So I'm going to go find mm-hmm. all the places mm-hmm. in the Bible to talk about stewardship and I'm going to isolate that down. But wanting to talk about stewardship and talk about the abundant life, okay, is there a pericope of scripture that that's the major theme and let's go through that theme of scripture. Mm-hmm. And that ended up coming to uh, Elisha and just working our way through Elisha. And that sermon series is now easy because it's just, okay, we go on to the next story the next week. It was a little bit hard because we had to crunch it down into six weeks. We're mm-hmm. not going to be able to talk about everything that Elisha sure. does. Sure. Um, but it makes it to where I'm then coming to the text and saying, okay, what does this story have to teach us as opposed to how do I preach about abundance, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I actually love that word abundance because to me, it, I almost associate it with overflowing. Mm-hmm. And so when I get blessed, it doesn't stay with me. It overflows onto like other people around me. So yeah. that's really cool. Um, your thoughts, Abby, on the message and kind of the series as it's gone on. Yeah. So I've, I've been enjoying the message for sure. Like the um, the series has been very powerful for me um, to kind of dig into the story of Elisha. I've, I've heard all these stories growing up and everything, you know, I can recite them and all that kind of stuff. But to hear those different ways it can apply it has been very, um, very eye opening for me in many mm-hmm. different ways. Um, specifically, this past Sabbath was very um, it definitely hit a personal note for me, for sure. Um, I was very impressed by the message for sure. It especially was talking about um, contentment and Mm -hmm. like how you're talking about uh, the whole idea that God is enough for us. And he is um, like all our needs are met in him. And one of my favorite songs, it's by Maverick City. It's called Jaira. Uh And, you know, it's like, I'll be content in every circumstance because you are Jaira, you are enough. And God is our provider. God is our Jehovah Jireh. And it's like really, it's really neat because like all our needs are being met, but do I believe that God is my Jireh? Do I believe Mm. that God is enough? And that was definitely a thought that I had to kind of um, like kind of sit with and kind of think about because um, contentment is just... I think I think contentment can be such a struggle because we yes. can kind of get it um, confused with complacement, and I don't mm. think that um, complacement and contentment are the same thing. Compla- mm. Complacement is just being being I guess content in in a I think it's, it's the S- Satan's counterfeit for contentment, and I think it wants mm. us to to stay. Um, happy with less than what God wants for us, like less um, to not meet our potential. And I think that um, with contentment, that's just like it's resting in God's potential for us. And I think that was really a really beautiful thing that I I learned specifically from this this week's. I think contentment takes on kind of an active. Mm -hmm. It's more of an active word of well, complacency, being complacent with something. Yeah, you're just Mm -hmm. kind of resolved to like, well, come what may. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, I'm actively choosing Mm -hmm. to say God is enough. Mm-hmm. and to rest on that. I love that. I love that. That's an interesting point. I I want to counter off of that and go to an, a question to throw to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, where's the line? Where's the middle point between? Because I think the world is very, is very good mm-hmm. at uh, letting us know that they can supply everything for us and mm-hmm. we don't need God, right? That's the devil's yeah. kind of number one thing. You don't need God. I can provide everything for you. What's kind of the line do you think with Hey, is this God providing for me? Is this is this could, be, could this be the world? Is everything just working out for me? Ah, Where yeah. do you kind of see that line in the middle? Where do we stay balanced there? 
That's a good question. I think it comes down to, I think we talked about this either last Sabbath or this Sabbath, talking about the difference between wants and needs. And I think okay. it kind of comes back to that. So like, um, are our needs being met or are our wants being met? Mm. And I think if our wants are being met, then it's it's maybe an indication that it's not necessarily always God. Um, but I mean, scripture does support the fact that like, if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our heart. And those are wants. But, but I think, I believe spirit prophecy says that when we um, delight ourselves in the Lord, those wants and those desires are going to be so intertwined with his as basically yeah. like we're carrying out his own will through mm -hmm. our will. Um, yeah. So, but I think that carrying out, um, but basically our wants, when those are supplied, those can, they, those can be supplied by the world, but only needs can be supplied by God um, fully and, and like in a fulfilling way. So. Yeah. so real life experience for me, that kind of plays off what you're mm -hmm. saying. Uh, when Melissa and I, my wife, now wife, we've been married for five years now, uh, we're dating in college uh, and we were thinking about uh, engagement and like future and stuff like that. I actually, I, I sat down with God and I wrote out a list of, of things that I felt were important to me um, in, you know, career goals or, you know, finishing college and uh, with a spouse and everything. And I remember on that list was like, um, you know, I, it, it, uh, academics is important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, spending personal time with God is important to me, like the, that kind of thing. And then reflecting on that and saying, okay, God, here's the things that I desire for myself and for my future spouse. And Melissa and I are dating at this time. And I asked God, I said, I pray that you answer this list or let me know if there's a desire or a wish on it that needs to shift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember going through that list and God was like checking them off. Mm -hmm. And he was like confirming. I was like, oh, sweet, sweet, <laughs> sweet. And it came down to one. And I don't remember specifically which one it is now. Um, but God shifted that desire. Hmm. So it was important to me, you know, we have those like checklists for a future spouse, mm -hmm. whatever, does this person meet up? And God shifted that one and says, this one will be okay. Mm -hmm. And so I think if we enter into an active relationship with God and we're continually checking our wants and desires with mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. then he'll let us know if this is headed in the right direction because he's a God that desires for us to have pleasure. Mm -hmm. To go, no, we don't have to go through life in this kind of monastic, beat, like stoic beat down all the time. Right, yeah. There, are, there are appropriate times for reflection and, mm -hmm. and quiet solitude, but that's not every moment of, of every day. And so, I think if we're continually checking God's will versus our desires and asking Him to be an active part, then we'll we'll know where that that line is. I think it's so important to pray that our will and His you know, that his gets done, mm -hmm. um, in our lives. However, we kind of want to shake it up. I'm a big sports guy. So I think of sports analogies like off the top of my head. <laughs> and so when you see, like, for example, in football, when you see a coach and a quarterback that are just on the same page, yeah, it's so like, it's so seamless. Yes. Everything yes. just works perfectly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. they, they may have like disagreements where quarterback says, Hey, I want to do this. And the coach says, no, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. But when they work together mm -hmm. and when that relationship is there, that those are the teams that are successful. Mm -hmm. So I kind of see that with our relationship with God. He'll He'll provide everything for us. We just got to be on the same page with Him yeah. and ask that His will gets done no matter what. I loved... Uh, the title of the sermon mm -hmm. uh, yeah. because the title to me is the first thing that that catches people and mm -hmm. i didn't sign up for this that was interesting and so i wanted to pose the question was there something or a moment in your life where god signed you up 
for something that you didn't necessarily plan on happening or want at the time? My my experience, I came to Swallow my freshman year as a psychology major, um, my fr- my first um, first semester, and I chose to, I wanted to be a therapist. That's kind of what I went into doing it for. And I had been wanting to be a therapist for the past like three years before then. And so I came there with that intention and I definitely was like fully submerged into that thought and everything. Um, and then somebody had asked me to share my testimony or part of my testimony for um, Vespers. And in doing that, I, I was, I mean, I mean, there's, you have to kind of figure out what you want to share when you, when people That's ask right. you to share your testimony yeah. mm-hmm. for five minutes, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I couldn't share my whole life story, how to choose a specific part. And so what I specifically chose, um, was our, our school, my, my high school, I went to a boarding high school. Um, and we actually had lost three, um, three teachers in at the span of one year. And they were very in, um, integrated with the school, very supportive, like basically family. And so I kind of went through all those losses and stuff. And I basically spoke on grief and just what that was like mm-hmm. and how I overcame that, how God pulled me through that dark place mm-hmm. and all those different things. And so as I was, you know, I spoke that and I, I was done. I was very nervous, but I finished. And um, Dr. Shaw, or present at that time, he came up to me afterwards and he was like, when you were up there, I saw a chaplain in you. Mm, and I was wow. like, it was very interesting when he saw, said that because that week I had actually been feeling a pull to ministry that specific week. And I was like, maybe like I should go into ministry. I don't know exactly what that would look like. You know, I'm not sure. Like I had just a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was like what God wanted me to do. And it was just interesting to me. I was just, I was like, okay, wow. I wonder if that's like a confirmation of some type, you know? Um, but then I kind of, I called my, my aunt about it and I was like, so this is what happened, you know? And she was like, that is, that's, um, I have literally been praying for this specific thing for you to follow a path in ministry this Mm. specific week as well. And so it was like, God wrote it down and he highlighted it. So it was very obvious, you know, that this is, um, some type of ministry was God's calling Mm. for me. And so I decided to, um, change my major the next week. And so I changed it to theology. Um, well, I still have a minor in psychology because I, yeah. s- I still believe that mental health is so important and I wanted to have that as an underlying supportive thing. Yeah. Um, but that's what I changed it to. I changed it to theology. Um, but with that, a lot, I mean, I, I kind of got involved with campus ministries with their SLAD mm-hmm. team on campus. And yeah. with that, a lot of people have been asking me, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you be involved with this? And I mean, <laughs> at that time, I wasn't necessarily, I kind of came to swallow. I, I, was, I'm, I was very introverted in, in high school, very introverted. Um, and I kind of came to swallow like, oh, I can start over. No one's going to know me. I can kind of be myself and quiet and everything. That did not end up working. God had a different different story, a different plan in mind for me um, because <laughs> most people, when they meet me, they think I'm extroverted now. <laughs> and I consider myself probably more than I was. I feel more comfortable with people mm-hmm. yeah. and, and more outgoing. And I can feel like I can be myself without fear of judgment, that kind of stuff now. Um, yeah. And I think that that I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up to be, you know, to be somebody on campus. I don't really consider myself necessarily to be somebody on campus still. Um, but I believe that God is, I believe that he is wanting to use me in some way. Mm-hmm. And I just want to be available to that, whatever that might look like. Um, and in whatever my career, I kind of just chose this past week. And it was kind of, it became clear to me this past, this week um, that I want to become a pastor. So, mm-hmm. wow. um, and I was very, very hesitant on all that kind of stuff. I was thinking chaplaincy for a while, but I realized that, you know, with, being a pastor, you can kind of do you can kind of do that too. You can yeah. kind of be a chaplain with different um, capacities. So um, that's kind of what I've where I've been. So like God's kind of brought me on this journey. I'm still on this journey. It's not like sure. a yeah. destination like I've arrived or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the way that God has um, used me, and in a way I didn't sign up for it, mm-hmm. but I've seen that like that He signed me up for it, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. I think cool. it's interesting that even in our own decisions, mm-hmm. 
that we make, mm-hmm. God will still move stuff in yes. our own decisions. Yes. You yeah. know, like stuff that mm-hmm. we decide to do that we think we have all planned out, mm-hmm. God will still move stuff in that decision mm-hmm. the way that like yeah. he wants yes. it to. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you mine real quick. Yeah, please I, do. Uh, being a camper at summer camp in, in Nashville, Tennessee was was the coolest thing. And, and if you guys went to camp or been to camp, mm-hmm. your camp counselor to you is like Superman. Yeah. And he and he was to me. Still good friends with him today. Never forget Brian. But our counselors were like the coolest kids on campus, right? And yeah. uh, I, was, I was like, all right, I'm going to work at camp as soon as I get the age. And I was like, man, these guys have so much fun. And we would watch them do stuff at night and the staff, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, man, I want to do that. Yeah. So I signed up to work at camp first year. And uh, I was like, all right, let's do this. I'm going to have a blast. Got to meet all the staff. And then the kids showed up and it was a whole different world. <laughs> totally, completely different, right? Because yeah. now I was on the other side of the fence yeah. looking at it. And then there was like leadership positions and like we have to do this and times and all that stuff. And I was like, wait a minute, God. I just wanted to come to camp and just like <laughs> be a staff member and just hang out and have the experience. Yeah. And he was like, no, I- I'm going to show you what camp's about. Mm. And so camp to me has been the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. And now working there six years, seven years, I have like seen why God in my own decision of wanting to do something different at camp Hmm. gave me relationships with these kids and was able to help kids and all that stuff. So it's funny how God will move in our own decisions sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, The woman in your message Mm -hmm. that, that you talked about. The woman of Shunem. The woman of Shunem. Yeah. I was I was struggling with that name. I was like, I'm going to get it right on the podcast. The woman of Shunem. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, she didn't sign up for what happened to her. Mm. No, she didn't. It was interesting that you you pointed out a couple of times that she she really didn't trust anybody but the man of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. She didn't trust anybody but Elisha. And that was curious to me because I, I, I wanted to ask another balancing question to see if we can come up with an answer. Okay. Um, I think, from my point of view, she was very adamant in in almost after her child had died, mm-hmm. um, enacting her own miracle. She was like, mm-hmm. "I'm not going to stop until I get this because because I didn't sign up for this, so you're going to do this for me, right?" Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. she was kind of very not not forceful, but she was like, "I'm going to get this done." Yeah. Um, kind of like Jacob, "Hey, I'm not leaving mm-hmm. you, yeah, until yeah. you bless me." Yeah. Um, what do you guys think is the balance between trying to i'm trying to think of a better word not force our own miracles mm. and yeah. let god do the work then let god do the work and just sit on the couch and just wait for it to happen where's the balance there between between that yeah mm. i think some of the balance comes from contentment mm-hmm. so i think i think the woman is desirous of the miracle happening in her life and it ends up working out for the immediate uh, resuscitation of her son the resurrection mm-hmm. of her son um but I would bet that if if I bet, this is a holy <laughs> bet, right? Sanctified. That's right. <laughs> I would be willing to wager that she would have been content, although grief-stricken and mm. distraught, but she would have been content even if her son was not resurrected. Mm. Interesting. Because she, when Elijah, Elisha, I keep... I, it's okay. When Elisha goes to her in the first place and says, what do you want? She says, I'm taking care Mm, of my family. mm -hmm. She's not self-seeking. And I think if that's any show of character Mm. that she, even though she's grief stricken, she's had this blessing and this promise taken away from her, but she's content 
even if the blessing mm-hmm. didn't come of the resurrection of her mm-hmm. son. And I think that is the the balance to, I guess, God's works versus mm-hmm. ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's a, a, a quote by Ellen White, I think. There's a lot of things that are attributed <laughs> to her. So I'll have to go <laughs> fact check this and put it in the... Uh, in the description, but she says, work, um, work, uh, what is it? Expect or live in the hope that Jesus could come tomorrow, but work as if he's coming a hundred years from now. Mm -hmm. And so there's this kind of idea that we keep in the forefront of our mind, like, yeah, this miracle is going to happen, but I mean, I'm going to be diligent even if it doesn't Mm -hmm. and content, even if it doesn't. Because she could have stayed at home. ended the message with I think a struggle that I'll, that a lot of us go through or maybe God hasn't answered yet mm. yeah and we've been waiting and waiting and there mm. still seems to be no progress and there still seems to be no answer to yeah. what we've asked God for mm. even if we've had the radical faith of yeah of this mm. woman and I'll, I'll give you guys a, a quick little testimony before I throw the question at you yeah um, my dad for 16 months was without a job mm. Over the uh, this, he got a job in March. So for a year and a half, a little more than that, he had a, he didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And the faith of my father to me is huge. It could move ten thousand mountains. Mm-hmm. It's just my dad, right? Mm-hmm. And to see him like struggle so much, praying every single day for a job that he wanted, that just month after month wasn't showing up, mm-hmm. was like was was hard and strange for the mm-hmm. for the family, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, he admitted if you, if you ever talk to him, he'll tell you. I, I asked myself, well, God, what like what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I got out of that job because I thought you had something for me, and and I'm just waiting now. And he ended up having to wait for 16 months, and he ended up getting the job he wanted. Um, but during that time, a lot of people's faith can can completely shift because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The maybe answer is the worst one from God. It's like, <laughs> I'd rather have a no that I'm not going to get it than yes. maybe just wait, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys the question here in kind of conclusion. What what do you do? What would you tell someone to do and hold on to when God just simply hasn't answered yet? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, when he's given you the the wait sign. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I struggle with that all the time. Because yeah. I think we ask God for things and... Yeah. He says, no, Calvin, we're just going to wait a while. Right. Man. Yeah. yeah. Just rather you tell me no. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what would you do? What would you tell someone if they're in that spot where God's told them to hold on? Yeah. I think um, I love the verse Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Mm. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. And I think, um, I guess, I'm not sure if I've heard this somewhere or I just like, you know, thought about it, but it's the whole idea of waiting on God as we wait on God. And, you know, like mm. as a waiter in a restaurant, they serve when they're when they're waiting on us. That's that yeah. they serve. And it's not this this passive, like, you know, just waiting for something to happen. But they serve. They wait mm. on God. And yeah. so waiting on God as we wait on God is, I think, the most important thing, because in the in the meantime, we could there's so much that could happen, so much that we could grow in um, that we could be taking for granted if we don't wait on him during yeah. the moments that we're waiting, you know. And just realize that he is going to give us that strength um, in the in that in that period of time, and to um, to not lose heart because um, 
because when we wait on him, he 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 just he answers in the time that is best for him. You know, mm-hmm. he makes everything beautiful in his time. You know, Ecclesiastes three eleven. Like he he totally like he knows when to answer us and how to answer us mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think for me, when I find myself in that waiting time, I try to look and see what God's teaching me. Because mm. I think that he uses those spaces like the not yet. Maybe sometimes is that somebody else isn't ready, mm. but maybe I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. That my my cup isn't big enough for the blessing that he's about to bestow. And he's trying to enlarge my cup so that I can receive the blessing and then share it with other people. So I like to, to see what what is God teaching me? What mm-hmm. it, what, what how, how can this situation, although I think it absolutely has to happen now, it's got to be this. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, God, we, we settle back. Yeah. And I, I like that the verse um, that you mentioned, Abby, from Isaiah 40, mm-hmm. as we wait on God, it's a time of renewal of strength. Yes. Yeah. And so maybe the not yet is because I'm not strong enough yet. Mm-hmm. And I'll never be strong enough, right? right? We're sure. human, broken. Sure. Maybe I'm not strong enough yet. The connection, there's something God's holding back on so that I can weather the next storm. Mm. That what is going on in my perceived storm now is preparing me for what's to come. Mm. Uh, and I've got to have got to have hope that God can see that. And he's using this experience now to take care of what's to come in the future. Mm-hmm. I think of the story of David when he gets anointed king mm. at, a, at a young age. He's just a young boy, right? Yeah. And he's anointed yeah. king. And... If 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 I was David, I'd be like, all right, well, where's my where's my castle? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yeah. Uh, but David doesn't go to be king the next day after he gets anointed by Samuel. He goes he goes back to taking care of sheep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think God needed to see and work with in those spaces of those dead that dead time that you feel. Yeah. Yeah. God needed to work with David and be like, all right, you're, you're going to have to face Goliath mm-hmm. to make sure that you're ready for kingship. Right. There's certain mm-hmm. you have you have to yeah. trust in me in a way. Yeah. Uh, so I like that because. I think we get discouraged in the times when God hasn't answered. Yeah. But it's maybe God needing to work something in us yeah. so that he can answer yeah. that prayer eventually. Yeah. You know? Hey everyone, my name is Kelvin. Thanks for listening to this episode of Elevate Retake. I hope you gained a much better understanding of the topic that we talked about today. I didn't sign up for this, the latest message in our Radical Faith series. We appreciate you guys being here. We'd love for you to connect with us in any way possible. Share this episode with a friend, family, whoever it may be. We'll see you guys next time. I would like to leave you guys with Psalms 46, 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though its mountains shake with its swelling. Trust in a faithful God. I'm excited for what's to come on Elevate Retake. Kelvin's going to be taking over the reins of hosting. Super glad to have him on board. You're going to be hearing a lot more from him in the next couple of weeks. Thank you, Abby, for joining us on this episode. And again, like Kelvin mentioned, please connect with us. Check out the links in the description. You can find us on socials. Uh, Send us a voice message. Uh, You may have heard one in our message episode from this week. If you'd like to have your voice on the podcast, maybe a reaction, a question, something that you're unsure about, let us know. We'd love for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, catch you on another episode of Elevate Retake.